Alright, I believe everything is set up. Hey everybody, this is Anna, and I am the host of the Ramblings of a Transgender Christian Podcast. So yes, I uh, finally got a microphone. That's what you're listening to me record on today. Um, got a webcam, got a computer. Uh, I know the background will eventually look better. I'm reorganizing and kind of decorating this. Um, it's my room. Uh, so yeah, things will look better on video soon. And by the way, you should be able to see this on Spotify, hopefully. Hopefully the video will be able to finally post on Spotify. So for those listening on Spotify, I know there's not many of you, but for those few of you do, uh, hopefully starting this week, you'll actually be able to see the video. Now I finally have a computer so I can upload the video onto Spotify. Um, yeah, and we're also going to be starting to upload on Odyssey because I want to start moving away from YouTube. Uh, still going to be posting on YouTube for a while, for probably at least this year, but uh, definitely when I get off of YouTube eventually. I'm going to start posting on Odyssey and maybe another service or two, but anyway, so yeah. Uh, exciting things this week. Uh, got a lot done. It was a pretty pretty big week. Um, get, trying to get the computer in, setting it up. Still not got it completely set up, but... It's good enough for now, so good enough to rock and roll. So anyway, hey everybody, welcome to, uh, I guess kind of like the show 2.0, now with some actual sort of baseline quality, not doing this strictly off my phone anymore, which is pretty good. (laughs) So yeah, uh, let us uh, get on with the show today. So... Uh, what is the things I wanted to talk about today? I wrote down notes. Okay, so yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, we are also going to be bringing back good news, by the way. So I know that, that last season we did good news stories at the end of every episode. I forgot to do it last week, but we're gonna be, I'm going to try to remember. I have it lit, written down so that we, I can remember to do it this week. So there should be a good news story at the end of today's episode. So anyway. So there's been a few things that have been kind of on my mind, things I've been seeing people talking about, especially on the Twatas, you know, the Twitter, um, <laughs> you know, and um, just wanted to kind of talk about them. So one of the things I saw this past week uh, that was making the rounds, it was a big news story, was apparently there's this Catholic uh, priest or whatever, um, is that the guy who like leads a um, leads a, a Catholic church? Um, you know, like an individual church. Is it a priest? I because I know the Pope is the head of the entire Catholic Church. You know, lives in Rome. But um, I mean, like the guys underneath him are cardinals. But like the ones, the guys in the head of of an individual church, like you know, let's say uh, First Catholic Church of Roanoke. You know, just throwing one out there. You know. St. Mary's in blah blah city, you know? Is it a priest? I'm sorry, I actually don't really know. I'm not, I'm a Protestant, okay? I don't, I don't know too much about Catholic theology. I know a baseline amount of Catholic theology, and that's mostly because when I worked at Lifeway Christian Bookstore, we had a shit ton of Catholics come in, not realizing that it was a Southern Baptist store. And I want to make it clear. I was never a Southern Baptist. I just worked for it because it was a Catholic, because it was a Christian bookstore. Um, uh, I think there's literally only one person who ever worked there while the store was open who um, 
for the two years the store was open who actually agreed with Southern Baptist theology. The rest of us thought Southern Baptists were completely whack, but... <laughs> but yeah, you know, um... But, you know, we had a whole bunch of Catholics that would come in and, you know, they would kind of talk to us about Catholic theology. So, you know, I, uh, I don't really know. There's a few things I still don't really know about. But they talked about, like, rosaries. Like, I have no idea what the fuck those things are for. They, they wanted to buy them a lot, but they never talked to us about them. But, you know, like, we learned about St. Joseph statues and, uh, you know, other shit like that. Um, you know, they kind of talked to us about some of our theology, you know, uh, our views on salvation and stuff like that. But... They never talk. One of the things that they never told us about was uh, reviews on baptism, and that very much came to the forefront this past week, where apparently one of the southern states—I don't remember exactly which state. I want to say it was like Arizona or something—where um, <clears throat> basically a bunch of baptisms have been invalidated because he said. Um, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I believe that's the exact quote. Instead of, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I'm sorry. Look, I try to be pretty open to other beliefs here on this show, okay? I want to make that clear. I try to be pretty open and understanding of differing theology. Um, you know? It's something that, you know, I was raised to try to do, you know, not, uh, you know, like, there's a good reason, you know, for most different theologies, you know? Try to be understanding. <laughs> but I am sorry, Catholics. If changing a word, especially one so insignificant as we and I, like, it's not like he changed, you know, fucked up the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit part, okay? Like, you know, if he went, like, off the wagon with that, you know, like, you know, saying who he was baptizing in the name of, you know what? I would be completely understanding. But because he didn't say, I baptize you, instead it said, we I'm sorry, but that's whack. I'm sorry, I cannot... I genuinely do not understand how you Catholics are like, yeah, that's that invalidates baptisms. Because he said, we instead of I. Like, that is... I'm sorry, but that is beyond unimportant. That's like the least important thing said... When you, you know, you baptize someone. You know, and let's be honest. Um, we makes a lot more sense than I, if we're being completely honest. And the reason is because the baptism is supposed to be a thing done by the church, not just a pastor. Baptisms are done something, you know, basically saying like, you know, like when somebody is getting baptized, we're doing this because we're saying like, um, you know, I want to follow Jesus for public statement of doing that, you know? You know, it's supposed to be done in front of the church, and basically it's the church's promise, you know, by being there, seeing that, that, yeah, we're going to, we're going to do everything we can, we are going to do our best to, um, uh, you know, to guide you along, to not lead you astray, to, 
uh, lead you further into faith. You know, that's, it's not just, it, the point of it isn't that some ba some pastor, you know, sprinkles some water over your head or dunked you underwater or, you know, however you baptize, you know. I know they each, uh, you know, different denominations, different forms of faith have different ways of baptizing. But, you know, no matter what, you know, the point of it is not that, you know, some dude, you know, does some, you know, put some water on you. It's that, you know, you're saying, you know, I am giving my life to Christ, and then, the, you know, I want you guys to help me. And and the church being there is saying, yes, we are here to gu help guide you in this journey. It, it, you know, it's a promise of the church, not the pastor or the priest or whatever. And it's like, it, it just makes more sense. I'm sorry, I think it really makes a whole lot more sense saying we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit rather than I. Now, I know that most churches, even the most Protestant ones I've been to, that the baptism say I, you know, as in I the pastor, but let's be honest. It really makes a whole lot more sense, including, or even argue theological sense, to say we rather than I. You know, and I mean, honest, I really don't understand how someone gets so caught up on I versus we. Like, I don't care. Like, if you want to say I, if you want to say we, I don't care. You know, like, um, you know, when my dad, because like, I I, been, I was baptized, I think about 2008 or 2007. I think it was 2008. And, you know, it was like 930 at night in my own home, in the bathtub, just my parents, my two younger sisters, and my grandparents on my mom's side there. I have never been baptized in front of a church. And, you know, I'm pretty certain my dad said, I baptize you, you know, so. Like, I don't really think it's that big of a deal, to be honest. Um, I do think it does make more theological sense to say we, what I just find ridiculous is that the Catholic Church is so caught up in the difference. Um, that apparently it invalidates a bunch of baptisms, like, I'm sorry, I don't think God has invalidated your baptism, I don't think God looks at you as unsaved, because your pastor said, I versus we, or we versus I, okay, I'm pretty certain you're still saved, I, I don't think God is that petty, just being honest, like, I don't think God is so fucking petty that you have to say the exact right thing at all fucking times. Just saying. Maybe who knows, you know, um, maybe I am completely wrong and God is that petty, but I'm just saying when I read the Bible, I don't get that picture that God wants, expects us to say the exact right things at all the exact right times, you know? Like, like it's not like God sat there in the Bible, and wrote out, this is what to say when you're baptizing people. You know, that's not, like, if who's in the Bible, saying, and this is how you shall baptize, you know, all believers. Then, yeah, you know what, uh, I would say it'd probably be pretty damn important to, um, to get the wording exactly right. <laughs> I would think that. But here's the thing. 
It doesn't. Nowhere in the Bible, at least I have read, you know, maybe I just skipped over those verses. Because I am not going to pretend I have read the entire Bible or that I am some big Bible expert. I am definitely not. I am just a layman uh, who just reads the, Bi <laughs> reads the Bible whenever I kind of feel like it. Because, to be honest, I don't read the Bible anywhere close to as much as I should. And I need to get a whole lot better at that. You know, I definitely recognize I need to get better. But that's besides the point. You know, uh, I have never read that passage. I am not aware. Like, I have looked up passages on baptisms before. And I have never seen anywhere where it says, Thou shalt say this when baptizing a new believer. And therefore, I'm sorry, I don't, I, I don't think that baptisms are invalid because he said I versus we. Like, this just seems like the most ridiculous hang up. Like, it's just a ridiculous hang up. It's just, just, I don't know, it's just gatekeeping for the sake of it. Like, this is genuinely one of the most ridiculous mainstream theological controversies I have seen in a long time. I'm sorry. Don't get me wrong, there are much dumber theological discussions. I'm just saying mainstream ones that I have seen in quite a while that, you know, everybody is talking about. You know, and there are, like, the dumbest theological conversation, you know, d debates you can have are like, you know, did Adam and Eve have belly buttons? Or, you know, do the church floors need to be a certain color? You know, um, you know, what kind of music, you know, can you worship to? Those are the dumb ones. Those things are dumb as all hell. I am sorry. You know, um, but this is probably the dumbest mainstream one where it's like, I versus we, and because he said, um, we instead of I, therefore baptisms are invalidated. I'm sorry, you know, once again, pretty tolerant towards other beliefs, but Catholics, I'm, I'm just going to say this once. Get your shit together. Seriously, this is not a big issue at all. I am sorry. You know, I'm, I, I like to think I'm pretty generally respectful towards Catholicism, you know. I, even if I disagree with you on so many things. And I want to make it clear. I highly disagree with the Catholic Church on many things, including some pretty core tenets of the Christian faith. I don't, but I do view Catholics as Christians. I believe both Protestantism and Catholicism are pretty equally valid. Um, you know, um, and you know what? Even Protestants, like I said, you know, do get caught up on the stupidest shit possible. Once again, I have seen churches literally break up because they disagreed on the color of the church floor. You know, they think it, you know, that like the Bible mandates one way or the other. It's, it's fucking stupid. I have literally gotten in debates, like heated debates over whatever, whether Adam and Eve had belly buttons or not. I am not joking. I have gotten in heated debates over that with other Protestants. Okay. Us Protestants, 
get caught up in some pretty stupid shit. I am just saying, because this is so mainstream and so big, like, everyone is talking about this, um, might be time to re-examine that theology got, you know, just saying. Maybe it is about time to reopen the book on baptisms and this and decide whether we versus I is really that important. And also come to the correct conclusion that we is more theologically uh, correct. It at least makes more sense, if not feel more theologically correct. At least it makes more sense, so. You know, but I also wish Protestant churches um, would come to that conclusion as well. Because most Protestant churches I've seen, in fact, I think just about every Protestant church I've seen says I versus we. But let's be honest, we baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit makes a lot more sense than just I. <sighs> Alright. Man, I had a lot more to say about that than I thought I did. Um, kind of a... Uh, Man, I'm kind of almost out of breath. I have been sick the last, like, yesterday I came down really fucking sick. Um, I, I was miserable yesterday. Like, let me tell you, I was miserable as all hell. Um, I'm feeling a bit better today, but I'm still not feeling great. I am still, so I, I kind of am getting a bit winded pretty quickly today. Not gonna lie. Um... Yeah, so yeah, let's just see how long I can go before you get too winded. Uh, keep talking. Who knows, this may end up having to be a quickie, but... Alright, so another thing that I've seen, and I'm going to try not to rail on quite so long with this one, is... And I am going to do my best to be very respectful in this discussion. Okay, I'll make this clear. I am, I want to be, like, I know I am not often seen as uh, being the most respectful person in the world. <laughs> in fact, I can be pretty far from being respectful a lot, to be honest. Um, but yeah, you know, um, but because this is something that is so prominent in older trans women, you know, uh, you know, the trans community, you know, when I say that, I mean... Trans people who have been transitioning for decades. I'm not talking about ones who, you know, are like 60 plus necessarily. Um, you know, and you, I'm talking about trans women who have been transitioned for decades at this point. Like the 1980s or 90s. But especially like the 80s and before. I have really seen them get offended over the term second puberty. So a lot of us younger trans people or people, you know, when I say that, I mean people who have not been transitioning quite as long, but especially, let's be honest, mostly ones who are younger and in age, you know, I generally see those 40 and younger um, use the term second puberty. Um, and it, it is a pretty prominent term. You know, uh, especially among folks who have not been transitioning quite as long or who are younger in age. And I have seen a lot of these trans women, they have been transitioned for decades now. You know, for like 30, 40 years, get really offended by this. 
you know. I have seen several threads by um, elder trans women just going to war over this term. Saying, what the hell are you doing, younger trans people? This is this is a bad term. Don't use it. Um, you know, basically it seems like that the complaint is that it makes it sound like we are juvenile. Uh, that our brains are not fully developed. Um, that seems to be the main source of this complaint. That saying second puberty makes us sound juvenile and that we are not fully developed. You know? It's like, no, we were, we were full-grown adults when we made this decision, which... Um, like, I actually did see that in one, so I want to make it clear I'm not strawmanning when I say this. I did see one actually saying, like, no, we're adults when we made the decision to transition. It's like, I am giving you the benefit of the doubt here that you just don't realize how far we've come, that kids are now um, on puberty blockers these days. We have teens on puberty blockers, and they are making the decision to transition earlier than being adults. So, yes, when for uh, brains are not fully developed, and in that case, let's be honest, it is first puberty, and or only puberty. Um, but yeah, so, uh, it's like, yeah, so, here's the thing, none of us are saying otherwise, like, I think that the reason, like, I'm trying to be as charitable as possible, uh, to these elder trans women, uh, that the reason they're getting so offended over this is because they grew up in a time when being trans was literally criminalized. You know? Um, you know, you, you couldn't, you know, there, a lot of them, you know, you were not, a lot of them were not allowed to transition, you know? Most of them were discriminated against. Uh, going to the bathroom of your choice, uh, you know, that they aligned with, you know, um, in this case, you're not talking initial trans women, so, you know, these trans women who had been transitioning, going into the women's bathroom, could give him arrested and put on a sex offender list, you know, um, in many of our cases, you know, they weren't allowed to be able to give her names cha- legally changed, and all that stuff, you know, and they really had to worry about you know, messaging, because, you know, trans people were seen as, you know, I mean, let's be honest, still are seen as complete fucking freaks of nature, pedophiles, etc. You know? But even then, but it was even worse back then. You know? It was the pervading view. Still kind of is, but less so. It's not as vitriol. At this point, it's more because of Fox News and BBC. Um, I mean, people still, I think, subconsciously view us as that, but not as many would be willing to say that openly as back then you know uh, back then it was legal to kill trans people you know it was much harder to be a trans person back then you really had to watch what you say said um, you really had to watch what you did you know you really had to do everything you could to make yourselves look normal as possible you know um and, you know, that's what, you know, the LGBT community as a whole did back then. They did everything they could to say, see, see, we're normal people. We we are a, we are very normal. Nothing unnormal going around here. We're just a little bit different, you know, but, but still normal, you know. Um, you know, and 
now we're kind of moving away from that because as we have gained more acceptance, um, where we are more free to say, yeah, we're not really normal. We're kind of different. Uh, we kind of want to do our own thing. You know? That's kind of how it goes today. You know? And one of those is saying second puberty because it's something that we, especially mainly younger trans people, kind of relate with because we went through that first puberty, you know? And, uh, you know, talking in the case of male to female, you know, trans women. Know, went through male puberty and now we're basically going through what is essentially female puberty you know minus a few things you know uh when while we're still you know pretty early in transition don't have vaginas or anything uh you know so there are definitely things that we're missing but you get the point you know um is that you know we basically are you know we're basically going through a version of female puberty now. And we're not saying that it's because we're juvenile or because our brains haven't fully developed. Well, let's be honest, if you're transitioning before the age of 25, I, I believe that's the age when your brain fully develops. It's somewhere in your 20s when your brain fully, finally fully develops, um, you know, your brain isn't fully developed, but that's besides the point, you know. Um, I think most people just think of 18 as when um, your brain is developed. Um, you know, no, nobody is saying that. We're just, and to be honest, I think that this is just a case of older trans people just being reflexively uh, thinking of every bad way a messaging thing can be misconstrued. Um, because simply because they lived in a time when every single thing they said was, um, you know, looked under a microscope. You know, every messaging technique they used went under a microscope and they had to um, overthink for messaging. It's like, we're not really in that time anymore. We can do stuff like this today. And I don't think anybody is thinking, going to be thinking of it's like, oh, trans people are saying for juvenile. I have yet to see a single person say that. Because this is a different time. And so, yeah, I do think that this is a genuine overreaction by the older trans community, but I think that it's important to understand, try to at least understand why as best as we can. Once again, I, do, I am not one of them. I do not know any of these people. Um, this is just simply me guessing to the best of my ability, but this is something I have been seeing on Twitter. I have seen a lot of older trans women talking about this, saying that they don't like this messaging, and them giving for reasons why, pretty much what I laid out earlier on. And this is just me attempting to analyze why they don't like this. Once again, I could be completely wrong. This is just what I think is going on with him and why for saying this. And I just want to say to you older trans women who have been, you know, transitioning forever. You know, you were active in the LGBT or were just active in the LGBT movement back in like the 70s, 80s, you know, whatever, um, 90s. Even if you weren't, if you didn't recognize you were trans at the time, like you maybe you just thought you were gay or whatever. We are in a different time. 
we are us younger folk we we are not used to having to sit there and watch her put her messaging under the microscope think about every bad way things can be misconstrued we don't have to we have never had to sit there and watch our messaging all that closely because frankly it is a different time being trans is not frowned upon anywhere close to as it used to be and so for us this is not a problem look I think I understand why uh, this freaks you out so much, but just understand this is a different day. We are we can be a bit more free to say uh, what we want, and none of us are trying to imply that we are juveniles in any way. That our brains aren't fully developed before we make this decision. This is not what any of us are trying to say. We're just saying it because we're basically going for a second through female puberty when you transition. And we just gave it the name second puberty because it just seemed to be what worked and fit. Not trying to cause an offense. We're not trying to cause a fight. We're not trying to make the trans community look juvenile. I just hope that you know that. Anyway, um... So yeah, I think I think I've pretty much said everything I really can about that. Um, oop, darn it! Brought up the wrong browser. Um, did not mean to open up that browser. Where's my Brave browser? Ah, uh, there we go. Um, just a second. Sorry. Trying to bring up the good news uh, story. So I'm going to have that at the ready. Because I realized I didn't. Um, okay. Let's see. I think that's the shortcut I need to use to do it. Alright. I'm sorry. I, for those watching on video, you're about to see me uh, do something with my video. Um, it's because I'm trying to remember the hotkeys I use. Okay, there we go. Okay. So, yeah. Anyway, sorry about that. Um, by the way, I hope this later this week to probably do a um, a bonus episode to start on the um, the, generous, gen, uh, the gender acceler- the gender accelerationist manifesto. I hope to, because uh, I want to get a second monitor before I start doing that, but. Maybe we'll start it this week. I don't know. We'll see. No, because I'm not finished up. So uh, this Thursday, I think I'll probably release an episode starting on it, and Monday will continue it on Mondays from here on out. But I think Thursday, this Thursday, I might be starting on that series and do it as a bonus episode, um, and then just continue it on Mondays. Um. But yeah. Anyway. Um. So one final thing I want to talk about before we get to the good news story um, is that, um, how do I say this? Uh, I don't understand trans female culture. I, I, I'm i sorry, I don't get it. Like, look, I am a trans woman. 
if you haven't figured that out yet. You know? But my God, I do not relate whatsoever to trans woman culture, trans femme culture. You know? And like, I know I've said this on Twitter, but I know that probably a lot of you don't follow me on Twitter. I do not really consider myself to be a part of the trans community. For me, it's basically my blog and my podcast are about it. Um, obviously, you know, I do tweet about trans issues and stuff like that, but I don't really consider myself to be a part of the trans community at all. I really don't. Um, so because I just don't relate to trans culture one bit, to be honest. You know, um, it's just mainly how, what trans women get involved with, what they like and everything. I just, I just see other trans women and just like, I don't relate to you at all. You know, like, um, anime. My God. Every fucking trans female account has to be a fucking anime account. Why? Why do trans women love anime so fucking much? I really don't get it. I'm sorry. You know? Um, I don't care about anime. <laughs> but it's like, you know, and like there's a joke that goes like, you know, an anim- you know, an anime convention is basically a trans pride convention, you know, and a trans pride convention is basically an anime convention, you know. Um, and a while ago, you know, on Reddit, you know, there's an Indiana forum, you know, a, on, um, you know, the Reddit, and the Indiana Reddit, uh, um, Reddit forum, you know, there's a post, you know, where um, we were mocking this one woman who in the Indiana State House was blaming anime um, for making people trans, you know. And most of us on, um, you know, Indiana Reddit <clears throat> were having fun at this woman's expense. And then the folks from, you know, our transgender, you know, the uh, transgender Reddit forum discovered this. And they cross-posted it and then came in the influx of those from the transgender rend- re- um, Reddit forum. You know, and a lot of us who were Reddit, you know, from the Indiana Reddit forum are Indiana. You know, we were talking about how we didn't really like anime, you know? Um, and we were kind of sick and tired of the trans community loving anime so much, you know? And there was one post I remember by a guy who ran a, um, a LGBT support group. And this one trans kid, you know, they literally stopped going to it because they're so sick and tired about how every trans woman there couldn't shut up about anime, you know? And we are just having a great, you know, kind of venting... Um, post, you know, about how much we were so sick and tired of the trans community loving anime so much and how we just, we didn't relate to it one bit. Then those folks from our transgender came in and they kind of just were took, went to war against us. Like, how could you not like anime? You know, you're wrong, you know, what's wrong with you? Anime is super important. You just haven't found the right anime yet, you know? It's just like, I don't know. Just sick and tired of it. Just like, 
you're free to like anime, but we're just sick and tired of it being associated with trans culture. That's all. That's all we're saying. Um, you know, another thing was, um, you know, a lot of us were talking about even in that form and another one I was a part of later is how many trans women, you know, just like there's so many trans female posts about, you know, how much they hate sports, you know, we're so glad they finally transitioned so we don't have to talk about sports anymore. And it's just like, you know, and it really creates the culture that if you're a trans woman and you like sports, there's just not room for you. Like, I love sports, me personally. I love sports. It is something that is super important to me, you know? You know, I literally dream about sports. You know, I have dreams about the Detroit Red Wings, you know? Um, you know, I love uh, hockey, tennis, basketball, you know, I even like football, though not as much, you know. Um, I enjoy football, but I don't love football by any means. Um, but to be fair, it's mainly because the teams I root for are not very good. Um, you know, the Michigan Wolverines football team, how fucking mediocre have they been um, this entire century so far. Um, the Detroit Lions, yes, I know, the biggest joke in all professional sports. And, you know, the University of Toledo Rockets, so, you know. Um, but... You know, I, but mostly basketball, hockey, tennis, love them to death. You know, and I even enjoy rugby and um, lacrosse, um, you know, um, those are all sports I really get into, you know, um, women's hockey, the WNBA, you know, I love the Indiana Fever um, and, and the Premier Hockey Federation, I root for the Minnesota Tin Cap, um, Tin Caps, White Caps. Uh, here in Indiana, Fort Wayne, Indiana, we have a minor league baseball team called the Tin Caps, so I got I got them mixed up, but, you know, in the PHF, I root for the Minnesota Whitecaps, you know, um, you know so I even love women's sports, but, like, there very much is a thing in trans women culture where, you know, it's very clear you're not supposed to like sports, you know, the prevailing sentiment is, thank God I don't have to talk about sports anymore, you know? And so many of us, I've talked to others where it's just like, I feel like, I feel like I'm not welcome in trans femme communities because I do like sports because like every time sports is brought up, it's, oh, thank God I don't talk about that anymore, you know? Um, you know, so, and, you know, if you say you don't like anime and you love sports, you know, it's just not really a place for you in the culture, you know? Or, you know, like, trans women who aren't ultra-feminine. Like, you know, trans women who don't, like, don't love dressing up in dresses or skirts. Like, you know? And don't care about makeup and all that shit, you know? Don't care about, you know, getting every little detail of her transition. Like, you know, like, eyebrows. Like, what the fuck is up with eyebrows? Like... I don't know, like, I, like, I actually have no idea what the fuck is up with eyebrows, I just see trans women talking about it all the time, like, reshaping them and all that shit, like, I, I don't know, but it's like, you know, like, me personally, I'm probably never gonna touch makeup, I don't care about makeup, you know, um, not something that appeals to me, I don't love wearing dresses, like, I don't, I, I, I can't even remember the last time I put on a skirt, you know, for me, pants, you know, a good je pair of jeans and, an, and a solid shirt, solid color shirt, 
probably a bit darker. Um, it's all I really need. You know, I'm not trying to make myself look ultra feminine or act ultra feminine. You know, and most of trans femme culture is all about how feminine you can act, how, you know, and all that shit, you know, makeup and all that stuff, you know, getting every little thing on, you know, by your body completely correct. You know, I mean, don't get me wrong, there are definitely things I w wish it looked better on my body, you know, um, but I'm not sitting here trying to get everything. It, look, I understand a lot of it does come from dysphoria, you know, um, a lot of it is because they, because, you know, for dysphoric about that thing, so they need to get it correct, you know, um, you know, and, and some other reasons, but like, the way it's just encouraged and everything, it's something I cannot relate to, or that it's assumed that you want to do, you know, I guess it's the way it's assumed. That you, like, you want to mess around with your eyebrows. You want to do all this makeup. Hey, you just want to wear a bunch of skirts and dresses. It's just something I don't relate with whatsoever. You know? So it just kind of feels a bit lonely. Not going to lie. Um, and it's really why I just don't relate to the trans femme community at all. Like, I just don't consider myself a part of the trans femme community. You know? I don't care about looking super feminine. I don't care about dressing all that femininely, you know, I don't like anime, and I love sports, and it's just, the prevailing message in the trans femme community is, there's not really a place for you, because it's not what we like, we don't care about that, you know, we don't like sports, we love anime, you know, we like being hyper-feminine, you know, and it's another thing, like, it's all these trans accounts, there's these, like, ultra-feminine trans women, you know, like, Everything is like fucking femme. It's like almost like a stereotype of, you know, girly girl, you know? You know, like on TikTok, you know, like um, I've had, you know, people send me um, TikToks of like this uh, TikToker, Grace Highland. And um, there was another one. I don't remember her name, but, you know, like fucking ultra feminine. And it's just like, I can't relate. Like, if that's you good for you but you know and then especially notice it's usually the richer trans women who are that fucking ultra feminine as well like you know um you like Blair White and stuff like that um not saying that aren't poorer ones or you know who do that shit but um and I'm not saying you know you're a fucking trans or Blair White if you do that stuff I want to make that clear it's like I just can't relate I definitely cannot relate one bit so yeah, I just don't understand trans femme culture at all. Like, I really don't. I relate, like, I'm being honest, I relate, like, I, like, the only thing I feel like I have in common with most trans femmes is gender identity. I'm being honest. That's really the only thing I feel like I have in common with most trans women. Is gender identity, and that's it. Because our culture is radically different. When it comes to culture, I relate far more to cisgender people than I do of her trans people. But that's just me. Um, anyway, so I think that's all I'm going to say about that. And let's uh, get on with the good news story for today. So, yeah, we got uh, this story from Good News Network. And, of course, I'll try to remember to put a link to it in the show notes. So... 
um, Icelanda to hang up her harpoons for good, issuing no more whaling permits. That's a pretty damn good thing. <clears throat> Whales off the coast of Iceland will be left alone by the end of next year after the nation's fisheries minister announced the cancellation of all new permits for commercial whaling. Once the current permits expire, ending after the 2023 season, it will be the end of the practice. Even though hunting quotas are set around 400 fin and mink whales, only one whale was hunted last year, as there's simply no economic demand for it. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Whaling in Iceland only came to be in 1948, as a result of tourists falsely believing that it was a centuries-old traditional practice and that whale meat was a staple on the island, when in reality it was only a sample dish for tourists in restaurants. You know, I not can't say I'm surprised at all that that's how whaling came to be. I wish I could say if I was surprised, but my god, that just makes too much damn sense. Um, anyway, the International Fund for Animal Welfare, IFAW, conducted a study as part of her Meet Us, Don't Eat Us campaign, which found that Icelanders believed whales were worth more alive than dead. A Gallup poll found that only 2% ate whales... Oh, wait. Okay. Oh, oh, okay. I see what we're saying. A Gallup poll found that only 2% ate whale six or more times a year, and that 84% of Icelanders had flat out never tried the meat. God damn. The meat us part of the moniker... <clears throat> came from new economic feasibility data which found whales would generate more tourism revenue from being seen, i.e. through whale watching, than being eaten. Wow, not, not, not surprising. And the campaign generated 175,000 signatures, the largest signature campaign in the nation's history. Transcend Media Service reports that hundreds of thousands of whale watchers visited the northern European nation in 2019 to observe both the mink whales, the world's smallest baleen whale, and fin whales, the world's second largest. So yeah, good news coming out of Iceland, stopping the, the practice of hunting a, uh, you know, a prominent uh, animal there. So anyway... That is everything I've got for today. If you enjoyed the show, please rate it, rate and review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Podchaser, Good Pods, Repod, or Breaker, or Podacy. You know, uh, that would be great. Um, you know, if you enjoyed the show, support it on Patreon. I'm going to add the link to it in the show notes. Get access to the Master Feed, get episodes early and ad-free. Um, and get bonus stuff, uh, including after shows and um, exclusive content. So, yeah, you know, you can also watch on YouTube or hopefully now on Spotify as well or on Odyssey. And, yeah, um, contact me. My contact information is in the show notes, including all my social media, my email, and all that jazz. And, yeah, um, that's everything I got for today. Thank you all for watching. Have a wonderful day. Peace.